The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Hey, that is Jonesy. My name is Brown. Welcome to the show. We are talking Eagles today. Got to talk these Eagles because they're going through some changes. Last time we met with you guys, Doug Peterson was fired. He's out. He's gone. He's old news. His office is clean. It's empty. His bags are packed. And he now has a replacement. He has been replaced. Now, I got I to gotta tell you something, man. They replaced him. They, they replaced him with Nick Sirianni. I have been struggling with this because my son used to play football with a kid named Dean Sirianni, like when he was a kid. And this is like years ago, but I like mm-hmm. the kid. So every time I talk about this Eagles coach, I keep on wanting to call him Dean Sirianni. <laughs> and I'm telling you, there is a good chance. There is a real good chance that I will call this man Dean Sirianni during this show. Shout out to Dean Sirianni. Love playing with you, man. You know, you, you was a good kid, man. You, you was a beast in, in peewee football back, you know, <coughs> back in the 75-pound uh, days. But look. <laughs> what year was that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> don't, someone, don't do it. I'm not going to put the it. year. Oh, uh, goodness. Like, my son was like in the first or second grade. But uh, but 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 that's the impact that he has. That that now that they've they've hired, I, I keep on wanting to call this. I want to call the coach Dean. And first of all, and also, I want to call the coach a kid, even though he's pretty much our age. You know, it's like, oh man, I don't know what to do with this kid. That's a grown man. <laughs> this coach is a grown man. But I want to call. But I I I want to call him kid. But. I I really wanted to get you in here because I want your thoughts, like straight up and down. There's no need to you know to to sugarcoat this. The guy is here. The head coach has been hired. Mike Jones, what are your thoughts? All right, you have video right now to be able to see. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking right so, at you. I I am looking so right what at you. I need you. you to do is, is explain to the people listening at home what my face looks like after you ask me that question. Like, right. What what are my thoughts? <laughs> uh, I well let me let me. Do you did that portray yeah, yes. my thoughts to you? Yes. Because I feel like we we try to be objective on this show, even though we both admit and we both acknowledge that we are fans. We are not paid analysts. We are not your quote unquote experts or insiders. We're just two guys with a couple of microphones and act, uh, who, who like to be on Facebook every now and then. However, I feel like There's not a lot to be excited about, about this pick. And I feel like, yeah, you know, we might be pleasantly surprised. This guy might be the guy. We could be having this conversation two, three seasons from now, and you really like, you know what? Okay, this guy turned out to be okay. It could be, it, it could be all right. But I understand that in my thinking of that, I am truly looking at this through eagle green colored glasses. Because right now, my first thought when they said Nick Sirianni was first, they hired my man Dean Sirianni that played with my son. Like, who is it? Like, like who? Okay, so. All jokes aside, you know, looks of confusion and all that being what they are. When you tell me they hired Nick Sirianni, I'm really thinking, is there anybody I could call to find out anything about this guy? Because I really just don't know. I know he's been with the Colts for the last couple of years. But I also know that Frank Wright's been the play caller. So 
unless I get to talk to someone who's really been inside the cult's organization and is willing to speak honestly on the record, it's going to be hard for me to know what to expect from Nick Sirianni other than what my gut is telling me that with the reports that came out earlier during the season that Frank Reich was possibly the only person in the NFL that Carson Wentz trusted, they went to go try to get a piece of fruit off of that tree and see what they can do to hopefully salvage Carson Wentz. That's where my thoughts went. So you believe that the sentiment and did you believe that from the very start that this is this is about saving Carson Wentz? I feel like Carson That is what I believed at first. You believed it when you when you saw that, this, that, you believed that, that this was, was about what I believed when I heard okay. this. Okay. But I feel like that is a train of thought that I've I've kind of fought going along because you and I you you and I especially, as we've been doing this podcast, I feel like collectively we have tried mm-hmm. to maintain like a level above your everyday fodder. Not trying to really fall into the pitfalls that that your stereotypical Philly fan might 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 fall into. Mm-hmm. You know that if you're a fan of the Philadelphia football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know you're signing up for the backup quarterback always being more popular than the than the starter. You know, you're always going to feel, if you're a Philadelphia sports fan, you always know that there are going to be a pocket of fans who feel like if the team ain't winning, blow it up and start over. That's all, you know, that's always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So there has been a there's always been a narrative, probably now for about two seasons, that Carson Wentz is kind of a prima donna. He rubs people in the locker room the wrong way. People aren't necessarily sold on him as a leader. And I feel like that's that's all that's always been out there. And I feel like that's something that if the team ain't winning, that's going to be that narrative that always keeps creeping back into, you know, the mindset and the chatter. Mm-hmm. So you have a team that didn't make the playoffs. What are you going to hear? Hey, they they, they must not like – if they're not winning, they, they must not like the quarterback. Well, I mean, that's the nature of the beast. And I yeah. know we hear this all the time, but in the NFL – when you win, the quarterback gets the credit. When you yep. lose, the quarterback gets the blame. Yes. That com- especially when you're on your second or beyond contract where you're no longer a rookie making rookie money, but you're making NFL veteran QB money, mm-hmm. which is $30 million plus in, in today's market. People are going to hold you accountable. So whether or not it's fair to put that much responsibility in the lap of Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. That is what comes with the territory when you are making that much of that higher percentage of the salary cap in a hard cap sport, you know, Mm -hmm. well, I need that kind of production to justify that giving you that higher percentage of my salary cap. So, so I don't really see any way around that argument, that discussion. But isn't the reality more they are financially they're they're, they're kind of they're financially tied to Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You know that's just, you know that just is what it is. He signed a contract. They're into him for another couple of years. So at least it, another two years. So it would mix season and the one beyond. So it would behoove them before they make a we you know. As fans, we don't care about salary cap. We don't care about financial ties. We don't. We don't care about that. We care about the fact that the team ain't winning. Mm, well, 
Most of us don't. Well, I, you well, don't well, be well look, enough look, to look. know that, that those numbers are always going through. Yeah, head yeah, but but but, but 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 you but you also know the the people who the who average follow, fans not thinking about yeah. cap implications. Yeah, they know that the team ain't winning, and they know that the team beat the Saints with the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's what you see. You don't necessarily see one in four that you know down the stretch. You see, hey man, they beat the Saints, and you know I I saw a couple uh, a couple really nice plays. So right, the team is instantly question, better JB. with the with the backup. JB, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. With the backup question, who, as you noted, is always the most popular guy. Mm-hmm. Did you see enough from him that you'd say he's a NFL starting quarterback? No. I saw enough for him to say that he is an NFL play. He is an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He can play quarterback in the NFL. But the question but, is, but, is he or, a you starting know, quarterback in the NFL? You know, all right. I will. Yes, say, he belongs in the league. Yeah, he belongs in the league. Is he a? Can he start? Yes. Now I, I will say this: Should he but, start? I. <laughs> I know I'm going to sound like I'm ducking your question. Oh, you already but, sound like that. Okay, well, I'm asking you. I'm asking you to indulge me for a second, because right. I I do I am truly going to answer your question. Just okay. get. I'm a, I'm asking for a little bit of rope. Feel free. I believe that he has proven that if you need someone to start a game, he can play. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback. I think he is a starter. Uh, excuse me. I think he is an NFL player. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think in the sense that, in if you put him on a team and you need someone to start a game, he could do it. Are you asking him to start sixteen games? Oh. Are you saying this is going to be the quarterback that's going to lead me to a Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know about that. Are you okay. asking me if this is the quarterback that's going to lead me to a division championship? Okay. Uh, I don't know about let, that. Let, let, let's simplify the question. Okay. When you look at his performance on the field, his completion percentage, his touchdown to interception ratio, his fumbles – his deep ball, which was fairly good, mm-hmm. the short and intermediate balls where he absolutely showed some accuracy issues, the fumbling issues. You take all that into account and then ask this, answer this question for me. Okay. Given what you saw, at this point, if Carson Wentz was not here, forget the whole Carson Wentz competition. Mm. If Wentz was not in Philadelphia, would you be comfortable going into next season with Hurts as your quarterback? No. No. That's all I needed to know. No. No, I would not. No, I would not. I think he – I think he – I think at the very most, giving him all the credit that he deserves – he played well enough for there to be a competition to go into the next season and compete for the job. However, you have a quarterback who has a bigger, a bigger body of work, mm-hmm. who has a, a body of work that transcends what you saw last season. Like it's not like you're talking about a quarterback who has struggled throughout his career. At he had one, one bad year. He had a bad year, but he also had a year where he played at a MVP-type level. Mm-hmm. He And a couple of other years that were somewhere in between the two. Yeah. So if you have someone who played, who had a year where he played at the highest level, at a level where you're talking about does where you're asking legitimately does he belong with the Aaron Rodgers and uh, you know the top tier I'm not saying he does or does not but I'm saying that at one point in time you were asking was Carson Wentz there 
Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I understand he he wasn't there last year. I understand that. However, you have that, and you're fi- you're financially committed to him. Why wouldn't you try to see if you could do whatever it takes to see if you can salvage that guy? Why not do whatever it takes to salvage that guy? He was a guy at one point in time, teammates loved him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, that's the problem. You know, you hear these stories that people, you know, people are talking to their sources and you hear the sources story, the unnamed sources story. And it always seems to be someone who doesn't live in this city, who does, who's not around this team every day. Like you never hear, these aren't the stories that Jeff McClain is reporting. These aren't the stories that Les Bowen are, are reporting. These aren't Dave Zingaro. These aren't Zach Berman. It's somebody who lives in Denver. Somebody who lives in Los Angeles. Someone who lives in Detroit. Someone who lives in Miami. Some national. national Some that yeah, exactly. With, so with it's, an agenda to push. With an agenda to push, and that's the problem, because it's like yeah, you you hear the stories, and when you hear the stories, yeah, you you. you you want to give them a level of credit, but it's like, all right, let's look at the reality of it. You're telling me that a player that has a problem with Carson is what is in that locker room. And I guess, yeah, you know, it, it might've changed, you know, with, with COVID, you know, the beat reporters aren't in the, necessarily in the locker room with them anymore, but still you're still talking. You're, you're telling me that people are walking past Derek Gunn, past Dave Zingaro, Past Zach Berman, past Jeff McClain, past Lef, uh, Les Bowen, mm-hmm. and talking to Josina Anderson, or talk, talking to talking, you know, talking to Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter talked about talking talked about Carson Wentz winning a trade. Mm-hmm. Whole city blew. How could he but, do that? How could now he? Let's do- be clear. Mm-hmm. What? Adam Schefter said was yeah. not repeat was not reporting. No, he was speculating. He was quite clear that he was speculating. Speculating that Wentz may want to trade if yes. things went a certain way. Yes, that was, and he was clear about that. It yes. was speculation, not a report. He didn't say some anonymous source in the, from the locker room said this. But that, but here's the thing: it's it's like all right. I say this because. In this it in this world of Philly sports fandom, where social media plays such a huge part, where social media plays such a huge, huge part, it's like you're as much as things change, things stay the same. Mm-hmm. Whereas. People will hear rumors and just run with them. People people hear what they want to hear and then build their own narrative. Like you said, you just said it. Adam Schefter was very clear in the fact that he was speculating. But this whole, you know, I shouldn't say the whole city, but a lot of people lost their minds thinking Carson Wentz was asking out of town. Oh man, the whole narrative. You you were in the city to see it. Yeah. It it really was gained the life of its own yeah, for a it, couple weeks. Yeah. Later. Like, and, and 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 the problem is the clarification is never as is never as loud as the uh, as the claim. As the original yeah. claim. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Adam Schefter clarified that, hey, I was just speculating. I'm not saying that this is what he wants. This is what he wants to do, whatever, whatever. But it's like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's out there now. It's out there and it feeds that narrative that Carson Wentz is weak-minded. Carson Wentz uh, is fragile. Carson Wentz doesn't want to compete. Carson Wentz doesn't want whatever. And the mm-hmm. problem is, you and I, we have talked about what we felt was wrong with this with this team. 
And the problem is there's enough blame to go around. Oh, absolutely. Carson Wentz was the problem. Carson Wentz was part of the problem. Absolutely. You're not going to sit here. You're, you're oh, not going to. In the 2020 season, he was a bit large chunk of the He problem. was a large chunk of the problem. And we and look, you can sit there wherever you find your podcast. You can go through our archives, and you can hear or see us go in on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. But the problem was not just Carson Wentz. The problem was Doug Peterson and his play calling. The problem was the players that Howie Roseman drafted, the players that Howie Roseman signed, the players that Howie Roseman re-signed. So as far as so as far as I know, when you look at the sick the, the, the Eagles going into 2021, you you see them only actually addressing one part of this problem. Howie Roseman is still there. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman is still going to run this next draft. Carson Wentz is still there, and it looks like they are moving to unless Carson Wentz just sits on his behind, eats Oreo cookies, drinks beer all season, all off season long, does not work out, and comes in and looks ten times worse than he did at the when he got benched last season. Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback, or maybe. Jalen Hurts somehow works out and just says, you know what, I'm just going to be that beast and I'm just going to work out all offseason. It just comes in next season and looks like the second will, coming of I, Johnny Unitas. I will say this. I don't know how going into next season you can keep Jalen Hurts on the roster. I don't know how you can do it. Hmm. Like, this. With everything that's happened, all the stuff that's going on, and especially when you consider everything that this Eagles team needs to get back to the upper half, the upper part of the league competing for playoffs and division titles and eventually, hopefully, at one point again, championships, there are a lot of holes to fill. And if you can get value for a quarterback that you probably shouldn't have drafted in the second round to begin with, do it. Especially when you factor in everything else that's going on and around the certain situation. And maybe that w- maybe Carson Wentz feeling like the team does actually have plans to build around him without having to look over his shoulder, maybe that will help him. I don't know. I hope that wasn't his problem, that he had to look over his shoulder. But it is what it is. We just need – the Eagles need to move past this at that point. And I don't see how they move forward with Hurts on the roster. I, I think – and this might be a stretch, but I think – Given what car, given what we we actually know, and I'm talking past past speculation, past you know hearsay or whatever. One thing that we have talked about: Carson Wentz is a creature of habit. Carson went. Carson Wentz was somebody who needed to, who who needed to learn mechanics and needed to have mechanics drilled into him. That was mm-hmm. part of what it took to coach Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was somebody who usually spent the offseason at least a couple of weekends during the offseason outside of the coaching, outside of the camps, just saying, hey, let me get my receivers in here. Let's go out on our football field and let's just run some routes. COVID kind of changed that. Couldn't do that this past offseason. Couldn't work that report. Maybe if things, you know, and if things calm down, if we are, if we as a country, as a society, are working towards getting back to normal, if Carson says, "Hey, you know what? Last season, let's put last season at last season. Want y'all come on out here? We'll put on some masks. We'll slap on some hand sanitizer. Let's get on this football field. Let's run these routes." Let's let's get back to where we were. Let's get back to being a 
a division contender and let's work from there. You know, maybe something will be different. Maybe it could be different. Because I feel like, you know, getting back to where we were at the beginning, because I feel like you're making that same face you made when we talked about Dean, uh, excuse me, Nick Sirianni being the coach. The, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's me here's, putting here's on putting on the 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 eagle green colored glasses, but I feel like it, that's the step. So here's my thing, and I tell you, like when I start thinking about the Eagles, and the same way you just went through the whole discussion about Wentz not being the only problem. There's that means there's a lot to get fixed. Yeah, that is and true. Given the salary cap situation, one of those things many people don't think about, but given the salary cap situation the Eagles are in, it's likely to get worse before it gets better. There are so many people mm. on this roster as of right now that are unlikely to be back next season as the Eagles have to look to shed around $70 million in salary mm-hmm. just to get to the cap. Not to give them room to sign anybody or yeah. anything. They have to shed that much money just to get under the cap and then shed more to find a way to actually fill out their roster. But I think, honestly, but that would speak to, you know, Carson reestablishing himself as the leader. Cause I feel like his, his ability to lead is probably one of the biggest things that has come into question past his, uh, past his, uh, past his, uh, his performance. Mm-hmm. When you look past the, the obvious questions about his performance, I think the next thing that has come into question is his ability to lead. So I think you go into this you go into this offseason pretty much knowing that Alshon's not going to be back. Knowing that Deshaun Jackson's not going to be back. But you you still have there's probably a good chance JJ Arthega Whiteside will be back. Will, will not be back, excuse me. Mm-hmm, but, but you're also looking at Ertz probably won't be mm-hmm. back. Marquise Goodwin, who didn't play this year, he's probably not back. Mm-hmm. Jason Peters probably not back. There's a but chance what, Jason Kelsey's not back. There's but, a lot I, I of guess guys so. up and down this but, roster. But, but you 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 on. you look at the you look at the players who are coming back, particularly particularly the younger guys. You know that's that's where I'm looking. The younger guys. And those are the guys you come in and say, hey, you know what? Look, expectations are going to be low. And your playing time will probably be high. Let's get in here. Let's work out. Let's build ourselves. Let's, let's, let us start this rebuilding process. You said they're, pro- they're probably stuck with Carson Wentz for about two more seasons. Next season and the season after that. At least, but at um, least we're gonna have to take a break. Come back, talk about that on the other side. Okay. Well, we we will talk about that because we also have there are also some issues that 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 uh there are also some issues with the coaching staff that I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. So we'll we we'll get into all that. All right. We'll get into all that right here on. Right here on the show, we'll talk, we'll we'll talk about it. We're going to get into a whole bunch. We 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 ain't done. We definitely we are we definitely ain't done. All right, we'll be right back. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com/slash/bitwsports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search "Best in the World Sports." I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. 
you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Alright, you guys, we are back on the show. His name is Jonesy, my name is Brown, we talking Eagles. Uh, talked about basically what the Eagles need to do to get back to where they were to move forward with this new coaching staff with a, with a lot of turnover. We know there's going to be a lot of turnover. They're not going to look like they looked in 2020. That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing cuz it's like look, they couldn't Is it? Yeah. Is it a good thing? Yeah. Cuz they could I, I don't know that it's a good thing. Not looking like you not looking like you looked in it. Well, I'll I'll put it to you like that. Like this. They have the potential. They 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 have the potential for a really defined silver lining to what could be a very dark cloud next season. Like I'm not saying they're going to bounce back and win the division next year, or they're just going to be you know they're going to turn around and be a winner next year. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what, there's a good chance that just like they didn't win the uh, just like they didn't make the playoffs in 2020, they might not make the playoffs in 2021. But All right, let's be honest about this, JB. I think there's a good chance this could be a two or three win team next year. You th- really? I'll, All right. Well, let's, let's let's go ahead and talk about it. Okay. So your high price talent on this team. Who is it? That's your Alshons, your D-Jacks, your Jason Peters, your Jason Kelsey's, your Zach Ertz. Those are your high-priced talent. I think they're all going. They're likely all going. All of them. Your high-priced, quote-unquote, franchise QB, we we have no idea what shape he's going to be in to start next year. Um, Let's see. Your offensive line might be in half-decent shape. Your defensive line, um, Hargraves, we'll see what happens. Malik Jackson, we'll see what happens. Brandon Graham, we'll see what happens. Derek Barnett, we'll see what happens. Your linebacker position, Alex Singleton will probably be back. He actually deserved, he probably deserved another look after his performance. TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards probably will be back. Nate Gary, everyone's favorite. Why are you looking at me like that? Why are you you looking at that? Why why, 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 why? football players? I I, I just named a football player. I named a guy on, I named a guy who, who on the Eagles. Okay, so anyway, I, 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 um, come on, man, you are not going to be smirched the name of Nate Gary, Rodney McLeod. See what kind of shape. He's Why are in. you trying to move on before we talk about Nate Gary? Like I said, Rodney McLeod. We'll see what kind of condition he's in coming back from injury this year. If they bring him back next year, um, Jalen Mills at the safety position was not an overwhelming success. It wasn't terrible, but. It was nothing of note either. So um, this is the team we're looking about that has to shed over $70 million in salary. And then you have to remember Howie Roseman's the guy picking the replacement players. What about that says this team will be more than a, let's be generous, more than a four-win team next year? First of all, you are really disrespectful to Nate Gary. He, man, played the man. The man played football this year. That's 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 probably is about as best as is I can, I can say. Mm-hmm. But when 
the Eagles took the field this season, mm-hmm. Nate Gary was there. Mm-hmm. Of all the players on the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020, Nate Gary mm-hmm. was one of them. Mm-hmm. You will not disrespect Nate Gary like it. Nate Gary probably the second. Nate Gary the second best player from that 2017 draft. I say that because all the other players except for uh, Derek Barnett aren't on the team anymore. 2017 draft. You got okay. Derek Barnett. You got Nate Gary. Sidney Jones not here. Rasul Butler. Uh, Rasul Butler. Excuse me. Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas. Rasul Butler. God bless his but, memory. Um, but Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas both had better seasons than Nate Gary this year. Yeah, but he they. Just, but he not just for, happens to be the one that the, the he, one that's surviving. Yeah. He, I can go as far as to say he's the second best player out that draft. That's a stretch. The Eagles just kept the wrong ones. That's all. For, no. They didn't, they didn't the, know how to they, use the other they, ones they, while they, they were here. They didn't keep the wrong ones. They drafted the wrong ones. But none, but no, but nonetheless, I I I do see your point. I do see what you what, you know what you were talking about, and you look at this roster and and I admit, you know, like I said in the last segment, a lot of this will be looking at this through green colored glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, the optimism is strictly coming. It, it, that's strictly some fan-ish. You know, objectively, yeah. We'll, we'll, come September, we'll be, we will be waiting on the Sixers we'll, and the Flyers. And there's a good chance we'll just be waiting on pitchers and catchers, even though Philly season won't be over yet. So, and, but I I feel like, like the Eagles are different. The Eagles are different because I feel like there is, there have been hopeless times when you're looking at the Phillies. You have gone into a Philly season and be like, yeah. and it's crazy because you're sitting there and you know that they got a hundred something games to play, and you're like, they're probably going to suck through eighty percent of them. Like you've had those times in your life. You felt mm-hmm. that way during the Sixers. You felt that way during the Flyers. There have been times, and, and and maybe Flyers fans in that aspect are a little bit closer to Eagles fans where there there is unexplained optimism. Mm-hmm. Like Flyers fans and Eagles fans will find some reason to be optimistic no matter what. You just laid it down on the line and you made a case for you made a strong, sensible case as to why there there, there might not be a lot to talk about. Or a lot to hang your hat on. Not coming up, not in the coming season, yeah. not in 2021. But you know, but there's reason to be optimistic. Well, I shouldn't say there's reason. People will find reason to be optimistic. They'll try. Yeah. There, you'll find an Eagles fan. They'll still be like, yeah, man, Eagles Super Bowl in 2021. Yeah, we going to win it all, baby. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You you know you won't find that person. And you also know that weed's legal in a lot of states now. So Not around here. You know, well, Jersey, cross the bridge. You can go cross the bridge, get that. That's a lot of Eagles fans right there. You think, think a lot of Eagles fans go across the bridge, get some of, you know, okay. get some of that, that ooey? All them South Jersey fans, they'll be the ones telling you you're gonna win the Super Bowl this year. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 a lot they're a lot of real optimistic. A lot of them will have red cups like this, you know. Drink mm-hmm. drinking lemonade. That, that's what I have today. It's always a good choice. It's even better when you put some whiskey in it, but you know, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's another story. 
that's another story. All right, Rook, I, I wanted, I, I honestly, I wanted to get your take on this. Because this is kind of a narrative that came from the hiring of Nick Sirianni. Nick, not Dean, but Nick Sirianni. Did you believe that Deuce Staley deserved this job? I don't know. And I say that in all fairness to Deuce Staley, but the same way, if I'm going to say I don't know anything about Nick Sirianni, the uh-huh. fact that Deuce Staley has been on the staff for as long as he's been on the staff in Philadelphia and pretty much stayed in the same position, never called plays or anything else. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But with all that, that puts me in a situation where I don't actually know what Deuce would be like as a head coach. I have mm-hmm. no clue. I feel like... And the one thing I do know, the one thing I do know, though, is that Deuce was here. He was in-house when all the stuff that we complained about was going on. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, like that's the that's as fair as I could be. I don't know. I will say this and and. And I, 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 I say this knowing that you, as somebody who I've known for a couple of years now, will keep me honest. Because I know I'm, I'm probably going to start pl- – this might sound like playing both sides of the fence. Okay. Because on one hand, you know, I, I've said it, and I said it on our last show. I, I never thought that Deuce Daly was a serious consideration for the head coaching job or the offensive coordinator. I thought best case scenario is you go you go Eric Bieniemy. You go Eric Bieniemy who is a branch off the Andy Reid tree. Mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy comes in as head coach. You keep you keep Deuce and promote him to offensive coordinator whether he calls plays or not. But you now give him the offensive coordinator under somebody under you know Deuce Staley has his ties to Andy Reid. You have an Andy Reid guy running things. But I thought that if you were to if you were to go in a different direction, because you just had an Andy Reid guy in here and you fired him. So if you're saying, you know, we're not going back to the Andy Reid tree, we're going in a different direction. Once they decided they were going in a di- different direction, no, it, yeah, yeah, Deuce is out. Peace out, Deuce. And that's and not to, I, and that's not to I, say that I do Duke, have to mm-hmm. I do have to mention as well though I think there's another factor that we have have to consider is that what was it I guess there were Doug was here for five years uh-huh. and the worst football coach in NFL history was here for three years prior to that <laughs> so for the last eight years there's been some sort of power struggle between coach and GM mm-hmm. to, well, what happened with Howie Roseman and the f- two coaches ago, we all know that was well-documented. So and we back were, to not, so we, not, we, we back to not put, not saying his name on this show. Uh, I, I let it go last week. Mm-hmm. You let it go for a couple of weeks, but I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I will respect you. I will respect your wishes and respect your, you know, your need for sanity and not put that man's name out there. I, I was just commenting on the fact that I thought we had had a breakthrough where we, for a couple of weeks, had actually said his name on these broadcasts, on these podcasts. But you're, we're, we're back to not saying him. We're, we're, we're back to not talking about him anymore. I, I had a temporary lapse, but I'm back. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, fair enough. That being said, and then now you're hearing reports where, even back to September, there were, were reports that Doug Peterson was almost willing to walk away from the Eagles then, mm. be, due to a quote unquote power struggle between him and some of the higher ups. Mm-hmm. So, I think. At some level, whether consciously or unconsciously, Mr. Laurie and Mr. Roseman wanted someone as the new hire who could be 
for lack of a better word, controlled at least to some mm-hmm. degree. Okay. They didn't want someone who's going to come in and be looking for immediate power and personnel control and everything else. So that may have taken some candidates, including I possibly in my mind, even a B enemy who off didn't inter- end up interviewing with the Eagles at all mm-hmm. off the table. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think so. And but I and that's probably the case. And maybe that that was probably you know, that probably pl- played a role into the hi- the original hiring of Doug Peterson. The only issue was in Doug Peterson's second year, he wins the Super Bowl. He won Bowl. the Super Bowl. Yeah, so you get those kind of results like that. That, that quickly, you're going to want, you're gonna want yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So to me, you know, it, I think it's an issue where if Dean Sirianni, Dean, God, that <laughs> was the Sirianni. If Nick Sirianni, that was probably the most. If that was probably the most <laughs> natural of all the references this show. But if Nick Sirianni somehow finds his way to win a Super Bowl in one or two years, that's a bridge they'll cross when they get there. Mm-hmm. They they said, "Hey, you know, here's a guy that we can control. He's bringing in. And he, he seems to be bringing in a young." A, a, a young coaching staff that hopefully, hopefully will be here a while. And I feel like, you know, it's, there's not going to, there's not going to be a gray area. This, this is either going to work or this is going to fail tremendously. This is going to be something where you're like, Oh my, they tried something different. Wow. This worked. You know, this is something where they're either going to stumble their way into being the gold standard that they thought they, you know, that they've said they were for, you know, years. We got, we went young. He got his coaching staff young. They grew with this team, you know, because like you said, mm-hmm. like you said, there's not, there's not a lot of reason to think that this team will do much next year. And, so, I, and honestly, in all fairness, I hope, I hope they give the coach enough room over the next year or two where he doesn't feel like he has to do reckless, foolish things trying to win now or or get fired in year one with this type of roster. I, I but once again, I think honestly that that and whether or not this works out this way, that speaks to this puts pressure on Howie Roseman. You got to bring in guy. You have to bring in guys who one can play and two are culture guys. You need culture guys who can play. You don't want to bring in guys who can play who are going to be locker room problems with your young coaching staff. Because if you because while you're struggling through season one and possibly season two, you don't want your star players being the guys causing trouble. You want to be able to establish culture. If you need if, to be able to depend on your leaders, your you want your high priced mm-hmm. talent and your stars to be guys that yeah. you can depend on to help mold the future. You need Eagles, the the future stars. You need future. some, yeah. If, if if I may invoke some past name, you need some Brian Westbrooks in your locker room. You need some Jeremiah Trotters in your locker room. You know, you need some Malcolm Jenkins in your locker room. You need some Brian Dawkins in your locker room. Mm-hmm. You need to get some Trey Thomases in here. You know, people who will be here for a long. You need some Jason Kelseys. That's who you need. People who you can trust, who will buy into the culture. Pop, let me tell you something. Jason Kelsey is probably the most culturist, culture, most culturist culture guy I have ever seen in the name of sports. I knew Jason Kelsey was that guy from his rookie season. His rookie year was that Andy Reid four and twelve season. Mm-hmm. And Dave Zingaro wrote a story. It's they, 
it's crazy because I brought it up, and I think I feel I feel like Days and Garrow forgot that he wrote that the story, but I said Jason Kelsey. I knew Jason Kelsey was that dude when he was pulling into the Novacare Center, and some dudes were across the street from the Novacare Center with a big sign that said "Fire Andy." Mm-hmm. And Jason and Jason Kelsey pulled up on him. Was like, nah, you, you know, take that down, get that out of here. No, we we ain't doing that. This was his rookie year standing up for his coach. Mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey has stood up for Andy. Jason Kelsey has stood up for the coach that I'm respecting you and not putting his name out there for. Jason Kelsey stood has stood up for Doug. Jason Kelsey stood up for Carson and Howie and Howie. That's who you need. You need a guy that says, "Hey, this is the guy who's in charge." So, I, you know, my Jason elite. Kelsey is a guy you want to go into the foxhole with. Yes. He's a guy yes. you you happily go yes. to war with. Yes, Eagles mm-hmm. need some guys like that. They need new Kelseys. Absolutely. They need new. They need to find some guys like that. You know, it's like you look and and it's we have you know. When we have talked Eagles, when you and I have jumped in front of a microphone to talk Eagles, you know, one of the big things that we have talked about, you know, I, I keep up a list. And, and unfortunately now, it, that's just this has just been a part of my resources in that I pull up their past draft picks. And it's like you you need guy, We need guys starting now. You need – you need guys that when we're doing a podcast two, three years from now, and we're looking at the 2021 draft, say, hey, that was a good – some cornerstone guys. Mm-hmm. That will go a long way in the success of Nick Sirianni. That will go a long way in the salvaging and saving of Carson Wentz. Because the problem – But this brings me back to what I asked you before. Do you trust Howie Roseman to do it? No, I don't trust how he hasn't given me a reason to trust Howie Roseman, but the GM's never going to fire himself. Then what reason do I have to be excited about where this team's going to go? You got to find remember, a reason. See, here's the Doug problem. I got, I, got the, I got the glasses. You don't now have no glasses on. You remember when Doug Peterson was still employed here, we had a conversation yes. about what we thought the Eagles should do. And my response was, I don't want to see them do anything unless Roseman's the first one out the door because he's the one who's been responsible for all of the people that have come in and out the organization over the last eight years. Yes. The people he invent, the people he ends up having power struggles with and fighting with were his hires, mm-hmm. the, the, the bad draft picks, the bad contracts. Those are on his watch. So no, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you, you know, but the problem is he didn't fire himself. Roseman's still here. So you're sit- so we are forced with the task of trying to figure out where this team goes from where this team goes from here. Can they go anywhere from here? And you know what what else what else can be done? You know, it we there was a three there was a three pronged problem at the end of the season. You had a quarterback who was underperforming, mm-hmm. underperforming and just flat out bad. You had a, a a coach with questionable play calling, might have been over his head. Mm-hmm. Probably needed somebody else in his ear. Didn't want to do that. Then there was a just a general and, dearth of talent on the roster, and it was a general dearth of talent. Who were all brought in by the same guy? Mm-hmm. They ad- they took on one of those problems, one of those issues. That was a three pronged issue. They addressed one thing: quarterback still here, mm-hmm. GM still here. Mm-hmm. Draft is months away. And you're not going to turn, and no, and it's not like there's somebody in this year's draft that you feel like will just turn around the fortunes immediately. No, I don't see. I don't see that, which is why I think 
this is going to be at least a two to three year process. But I will say that while you are in the midst of your fire sales, try to get under the <clears throat> under the cap. Mm -hmm. You do have the opportunity. And I stress the word opportunity mm. to flip some of these players and older contracts into draft capital, which as far as I'm concerned, this will be Howie Roseman's most important draft of his career mm. because he's got to hit on, let's see, if you have seven picks, seven rounds, I'm sure they'll have a couple extra picks in there somewhere, but let's call it seven picks. If you have seven picks, they've got to hit on five this year. Yeah. Normally you, it's, you say three or four, but in the situation they're in, they've got to hit on five. I will say this, and, and this is this is a point that I, you know, every time we talk draft, I need the top of their draft to be ready to play week one. I think if you're picking number six, that sh it should be a giving that whoever they pick in the first round because they're Start. picking so high is starting. I just like whoever they pick at the, at this point I I just believe they're they're that's a start. Unless unless they some they go they go quarterback. That's what they, you know, and and who who knows. And we'll talk we'll we'll get in the draft in later we, weeks. We have time. We have time to get in the draft. But I just think, you know, just just for conversation's sake cuz cuz you're with me on this. Mhm. Mm their first round pick is going to start week one. I need their second round and possibly their third round. Oh, I need to definitely need to not possibly definitely top three rounds of starters. I need four and five round picks to be able to contribute. Okay, that's the that's okay. the situation they're in this year. Uh, I say I, they need like they need to be able to hit on five picks. I'm with you. I'm with you. First round pick starter. Okay, second round pick. They they need a starter. They need somebody who can come in and be high on the depth chart. I I don't need I don't need no projects in the top of their in, in the top of their draft. No projects. No, hey, he could be the next. No, I need y'all need to draft some guys who can be the now. Mm -hmm. Y'all could be some guys to be whether they draft a DB in the first round, whether they draft a wide receiver in the first round. I think if they draft a wide receiver, you need to know he can come in and be the number one. Yep. If you draft a, a DB, you need a guy who you know can come in and play that other half of the field yes. with, from Slay. And I, I now could, both, both one, the sides are covered. One thing that Darius Slay brought to this brought to this team, and, and, and I say this because it's almost time for us to get out of here, but one thing Darius Slay brought to this team was he brought the ability for this team to play more man. You saw them play a lot more man defense than they had in previous seasons before they brought Darius Slay in here. If you, you bring need, in another corner, you bring in another quarterback. Slay. Yes, opposite Slay, who can then solidify that. I think honestly, if you're not if you're not necessarily able to to better your your front four, mm -hmm. I think if you have another cornerback who can who who is better in man, that will make your – that will make – A guy who can hold up in coverage gives your front four more time to get there. Yes. Because yes. The front end and the back end of your defense works together. If your front end can get there quickly, your set back end doesn't have to cover as long. Yes. But there are times where you need the back end to be able to hold up in coverage yes. to allow the front four to get there. So, to me, you get you get a strong DB in, at that six pick. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You go defense, I'm good, but that guy better start. All I'm saying is at number six, I want somebody from Alabama. Okay. I want somebody from Alabama at number six. All right. You know what? Uh, I'm good with that. And then, you know, you can pick, you want to go DB, wide receiver. You got options, but I want somebody from Alabama at number six. If Howie was second, really, if Howie was the genius that he, he that he thinks he is, he'd get two Alabama players in the in, in, in the top. In the, in the second round, I, I still want can, you to though. stay in the SEC. I want you to stay in the SEC for the top three rounds. Matter of fact, that's all we that's all we're doing this year. No SEC need to be out. To, all right, I'm we're with not that. trying to be cute. Not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're going with guys who we know played high level football mm -hmm. and performed it performed in those situations. I'm and with you. We're going to go from there. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, look, there'll be plenty of time to talk about that. There'll be plenty of time to talk football because next week we got a Super Bowl to talk about. It's not going to mm-hmm. be a Super Bowl with the Eagles in it, but, you know, hey, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, look, if you got thoughts, if you got opinions on what we said, hit us up. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports, and at Jonesy and Brown. We're everywhere. Just hit us up. Give us your uh, give us your opinions. Talk to us. We here. We ain't going. We we here. We ain't going nowhere. All right. Look, thank you guys for checking us out. Leave your comments. We'll be back with you guys, and we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Peace. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash bitw sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.